Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I am your host, Rick Wolf. I mentioned in passing last week the curious case of freshman cross-country runner Ryan Trahan at Texas A&M and how he ran afoul of the NCAA. Uh, No, not because he was bribed by uh, sneaker representatives, and no, he wasn't using uh, stolen credit cards, uh, nor was he taking college uh, classes that were, in fact, bogus. Uh, Nope, none of those things. In fact, what Ryan did is something that, quite frankly, is why most parents want their kids to go to college in the first place. And I'll I'll explain all this later on in the hour. But but first up, yet another high school coach was let go a week or so ago because too many parents in the school district where he coached felt that he was just too tough, too demanding, and too critical of the girls' on the high school varsity field hockey team. Now, this happened at uh, Somers High School in northern Westchester County, but as you know, this kind of thing happens all over the country and in all 50 states, and it happens with increasingly frequency. As usual, this coach had his uh, parental detractors. He also had his parental supporters. Uh, Some thought he was uh, too demanding of the girls, Uh, too tough in his critiques, and others thought, quite frankly, he was great and was a perfect tonic for the kids. But in the end, though, the school district decided to let the coach go, and as usual, the school doesn't give any reason uh, for dismissals, uh, citing personnel rules and regulations. But trust me on this, I guarantee you next week there will be another high school varsity coach from some other school district who will be let go as well, pretty much for the same reasons as the field hockey coach at Somers High School. This goes right to the heart of why it's so difficult for athletic directors to find and to hire quality coaches. In short, it's hard enough to try and win games with high school kids these days. And on top of that, the coach and the AD have to deal with unruly parents. As I said, this is a state of affairs everywhere in the United States, from Florida to California to Maine and every other state in between. And despite the very best efforts to curtail this, these parents who, who intervene, uh, either uh, because of the fact they feel their, their kid's not being treated right or treated improperly or not getting the right playing time, whatever the reason may be, uh, even though a lot of school districts, a lot of athletic directors try to set up situations where there are preseason meetings with the parents to talk about what's expected of their child and what's expected of the parents, or the coaches have the parents and the kids sign uh, contracts, if you will, of what they're going to do during the course of the year, and they're not going to get upset and intervene with the coach or the athletic director. 
Unfortunately, none of these approaches seem to work in an effective way. Now, I want, I want to talk about this on the show this morning because maybe the time has come, maybe the time really has come because of these ongoing issues with parents uh, and the friction with coaches. Maybe the time has come to really sort of say, you know, we have to go on and, and decide that perhaps high school varsity sports and the way that's set up now, we should just move in a different direction. And maybe we should follow what they do in Europe in particular, where they, the high schools don't offer traditional varsity sports as part of as an extension of the school. And rather, if your kid's a good athlete, he or she's playing on a club team outside of school. You know, a travel program has nothing to do with the school district. Now, i got to tell you, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the right answer or not, but I will tell you that, you know, it, it changes. It, it would be a total uh, sea change in terms of the American sports landscape. And I know it's a radical idea, but it's probably worth talking about because we don't seem to make any progress when it comes to, you know, our issues with, with coaches uh, and tre- treating them the right way when it comes to parental behavior and the kids. What are your thoughts? one 337 6666 that's our number. It's brought to you, of course, by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. You know, if um, put it this way, if you shift the, the, the priorities to being just a travel team, and I'm talking about all sports, not just one or two sports, but all sports, if a parent has an issue with a coach on a club team, well, the, the parent can go directly to that coach because, after all, the parent is paying for the coach to, to, to coach that team. Uh, or, or the parent can just simply remove their child or their kid and put them on a different team. I mean, is that the answer? I mean, I, I, I don't know because, honestly, we certainly seem to be headed in that direction. We already know uh, that, you know, there are a lot of travel programs uh, that uh, are out running outside of school already, whether it's soccer or, or basketball or softball, baseball, ice hockey, and they seem to be thriving. I mean, remember, varsity coaches in this country, at least around here, they're getting paid only a few thousand dollars to deal with these, these nonstop uh, he- headaches. And it's, um, it, they don't like the college coaches who in many cases are making millions of dollars. It's different if you're a high school coach. You're, just, you're trying to win, you're trying to teach the kids, and you've got to do it with the parents as well. And it's tough. It's tough. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's take some calls here about this. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Mike out in East Rockaway. Mike, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Always tune into your show every Sunday. You know that, Rick. Yes, um, yes. thank you, Mike. My son uh, was seven when I started calling. He just graduated um, college, played uh, wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, doing some coaching now and staying busy. Rick, uh, I, I can see things are changing incredibly. Um, varsity sports doesn't have the, the uh, emphasis and the star that it once had because of all these travel teams um, and parents. Are, are so tough on some of these coaches. And coaches have been outrageous, some of them, in their approach. So it puts them in a, in a really tough position, like you said. Um, I think what it's going to come down to is they're going to change the landscape of varsity sports, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, more of an emphasis on other travel teams and other areas that a child, uh, your son or your daughter, anybody could get involved in. Because uh, I went to a varsity game uh, the other day, and I could see by the body language of some of the parents, uh, because their son happens to be sitting, you know, and whatever the case may be, um, I, I could really sit down and literally write a book, what I've seen. Um, 
uh, during my son and my daughter's experience, um, you know. Mike, it's, 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 as I said in my comments, it is uh, not isolated just around here. It is everywhere. And, right. and, you know, the question the parents always ask me, they listen to me and they'll say, you know, Rick, the thing is you're right about you know, we shouldn't be interfering with the coaches. We should allow them to do their job. But, uh-huh. but what do you do as a parent if, you, if your kid, if your son or daughter happens to play for a coach who, quite frankly, is not very good? Do you sit right. there and say nothing? Or is there a different way, a different sort of avenue or vehicle to, to voice your concerns? And that's what right. happens. That, and that's the issue. And, again, this was not an issue, uh, you know, a generation ago, but it's a big, big problem now. Oh, yeah, they're becoming much more vocal, whether it's uh, moms, dads. You can see with football the numbers are dwindling with uh, CTE and concussion mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. syndrome and everything else. But, uh, Rick, I know you got uh, a lot yeah, of people let me on run. deck. Mike, thanks as uh-huh. always for your, for your loyalty uh, from your listening. I appreciate it greatly. Thanks, uh, Rick. Uh, all, all the best, Rick. Thank Th- you very much. Thanks, Mike. Uh, that's a very nice call. Let's go to uh, let's go to Victor. Is in the Bronx this morning. Hi, Victor. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good. How are you, Rick? You know, it comes down to the parents. You know, the the coach is supposed to be tough. Otherwise, they don't respect them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you know, uh, you know, the, the way the kids behave in this day and age, you know, a coach has to be tough. The parents wants to be flexible. But they need no help. So I, I used to coach, and I gave it up because of the pain. You know, well, uh, Victor, this is what, what this, this is what I hear constantly from people like yourself. You know, I you say I used to coach, but I I, I want I need to be tough. That's how you gain a certain amount of discipline, a certain amount of respect from uh, the, the kids. But the parents get get intervene, they meddle, and all of a sudden you say, "Well, you know what? I don't need this. I'll walk away." And I tell you, Victor, and, and thank you for the call. This is exactly what I'm talking about. We're losing a lot of coaches because they they just don't have a way to to cope with, with the parents, and and it's a huge issue. And as I said, maybe the time has come to just sort of walk away from traditional high school sports uh, because uh, it just no it seems to be no solution here. Let's let's move on. Let's go to our friend Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. What do you, you you see this all the time? I'm sure. Well, I'll, I'll share you a story. I'm coaching a travel game yesterday. We uh, get a text. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning, my son won't be there. He's going to the uh, Yankee Astro uh, game yesterday. So uh, one of our players who we count on doesn't even come. So the parents don't respect the coaches, no matter what, in that in with certain situations. But they don't want to critique the coaches and then look look to get them fired and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming a big issue in New Jersey right now. Oh, there's, it, a legendary, there's a legendary football coach who had to be uh, suspended one game because the the, the AD sending out questionnaires about the type of you know, language he's using and all that stuff. And I know the guy personally. He's a class act coach. Ed, I'm telling you, it, it, it's, uh, as you just mentioned, it, it doesn't, some, something is out of whack, something is out of balance here, and, and uh, the coaches uh, are being sort of, in many cases, vilified uh, unjustly because the parents don't agree with how they're being, the kids are being treated. It is a, a huge issue. Um, well, anyway, Ed, thank you as always for the call. No problem, Rick. Have a good day. You too. And I, I, as I said a few minutes ago, maybe the solution here is to say, well, you know what? We can't. We, it's so hard for a high school athletic director. Uh, he or she is overseeing maybe 60, 70, 80 coaches, not just you know the, the varsity coaches, but the, J, the JV, the freshman teams, whatever it might be, all different sports. It is so difficult 
to find qualified personnel, coaches that come in and work in a school district just for a few thousand dollars, and yet they have to go through this this job. It's like 24-7 trying to win, trying to evaluate talent, trying to put together a game plan, and have to deal with the parents. Uh, so maybe the time has come to say, look, the heck with this. Let's get away from high school sports, and let's just go and figure out a way where we can just have all the sports. Kids can play in club teams like they do in Europe, and the parents can go and deal directly with the coach because they're paying for the kid to play in those teams. And that's and the high schools, of course, don't have these issues anymore. Uh, they'll save a lot of money on the expenses of athletic budgets. And <laughs> maybe that's the answer. I don't know. All right, let me let me take a pause. Uh, when we come back, I'll go right back to your calls on this very very timely issue at the one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Dave Urim has your update. I'll be back. Stay with me. Now, as we all know, Aaron Judge has broken the all-time rookie home run record. And to honor his amazing accomplishment, Big Time Bats is proud to release this Aaron Judge limited edition art bat. The full-size 35-inch bat has the reproduced artwork of famed sports artist Jolene Jesse, featuring the already classic Aaron Judge swing. The bat is inscribed with Aaron Judge, number 99, 2017 rookie season New York Yankees all-time record most home runs by a rookie. This bat is limited to only 2,017 individually numbered bats and sells $129.95 plus shipping. So what do you do? You go to BigTimeBats.com to see this beautiful Aaron Judge record-breaking art bat or call 866-480-BATS. Now, the bat is officially licensed by Aaron Judge and Major League Baseball and has a 30-day money-back satisfaction guarantee. Again, you call Big Time Bats now at 1-866-480-BATS or see it at BigTimeBats.com. Once again, call Big Time Bats now at 1-866-480-BATS or see it at BigTimeBats.com. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Our topic this morning right now, we're talking about what do you do, what, what are we going to do in terms of all the parents who basically are unhappy with their kid's coach. And as we know, it's just an epidemic these days of, of parents meddling, interfering, going to complain to the athletic director. And I'm saying, well, maybe the time has come to get away from all this by just saying, you know what, the heck with high school sports uh, that we've had over the, for years and years and years, and just follow the European model and go to a, a club teams where there's no high school sports at all and if a kid's a good athlete, they play in an outside travel program. Now, I was funny. I was just reading the other day how uh, some club programs in Europe, you know, they, they cut kids every year from their club programs. In other words, they will effectively tell a kid at age 10 or 11, a kid who's played for this club team for two, three, four years, but by the time the kid's 10 or 11, they say, you know what, we don't think you're going to project to progress to become a top player in our team, so we're just going to release you or cut you. So, in effect, the kid is over with his club sport even before they become a teenager. And is that the right way to go? I don't know. Anyway, we're taking calls here at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's continue. Uh, well, let's go to Coach Tom over in North Arlington. Tom, good morning. Morning, Rick. How you doing? Good. What, uh, Tom, what do you think? Are we at the point now where this is this has come a critical issue to to go in a different direction? Uh, yeah, I, I really think we are at this point. Uh, I don't know if you remember, a few years back, you were so gracious to, enough to let me co-host with you one week, mm-hmm. and and uh, we, this was our topic, and, mm-hmm. and and we were talking about how possibly, 
the travel teams and academies and all would be the major focus for sports. I'm not saying we'd get rid of sports in the schools, but they would be, um, I, I don't want to say intramural, but it, it would be well, be less stressed. Let's put it that way. I think that's, I, I was in to recall, Tom, that, that that was sort of the conclusion we came to, that they, high schools would still offer physical education in terms of intramural teams where kids could still work work out, get physically fit, but they wouldn't be necessarily playing the kind of sports uh, competition they're playing today. Yeah, well, you know, and, and again, I, I don't even know that it needs to go that far. I think you could still do it, but if it was less stressed as far as, um, like, like, like if there were more travel teams and there were more academies, people would go that way. problem, in my mind, is today your, your, your conflict between coaches and parents is your parents – Everybody is more educated as far as how to learn. It used to be a coach's job was to teach the kids how to play. Correct. Okay. Now everybody knows how to play, quote, already. You know, so the parents, okay, their first concern of the, the, the middling kids are, I hope I want my kid to play. That's their first and only concern. The better kids, their parents' concern is my kid needs to be featured. We've got to get ready for college. Everybody's got to see him. Let's face it, winning is like maybe third or fourth on the list, whereas the coach, obviously, they are, quote, paid to win, and that's their first thing. So there's your conflict, right? right? You know, And I think if we split this up and have these people who are serious about it have their kids with the club teams, have their kids with maybe these academies, maybe even the parochial schools, the private schools, will be in a totally separate you know, sphere. Yes. And, and that could be that, whereas the public schools would be almost like, all right, you know, education first. What a trend! Right? That's a crazy, <laughs> crazy thing. And and, and then de- and then deal with the sports. Oh, uh, by the way, if you've ever watched the academies or um, you know the Ivy League play, they have darn good competition. Okay, and the kids play hard. And I think coaches wouldn't care because they're still getting to coach, and the competition would still be, you know, you know on a par. That's that's just an opinion, obviously. Well, you know, Tom, uh, you know, uh, again, this is something we have talked about in the past, and it just doesn't seem to it, – it's almost like we're waiting for somebody somewhere at a higher level, whether it's, the uh, you know, the, the president or the federal government or, or education leaders to say – this is a real issue, and, and uh, here's what we propose in terms of how we're going to resolve this issue. Uh, but right now, it's just sort of like a, a catch-as-catch-can situation. Everybody is on their own, and, and it's sort of like the wild, wild west, and that's not working. I mean, as you said, uh, the, the priorities have gotten sort of out of whack here. Um, the schools, theoretically, <laughs> to your point, schools, their top priority is to educate the kids, and, and the coaches – their job is not necessarily to make sure that each top athlete is showcased. They're there to, to, to basically teach kids the intangibles of, of, of sports and, and to master skills and to build a sense of self-confidence. So everything's out of whack now, and I, I don't know how we get around this. As I said, it, we're all sort of looking for a way out, and uh, I don't know what it's going to be, but certainly it's, it's getting to a point where parents are really getting very, very concerned. Anyhow, Tom... Okay, take care. Thanks, Th- thanks as always. appreciate your call and your, and your thoughts. I mean, and Tom brings a lot of insight and perspective on this. Uh, and he's, you know, this is where we're at. Let's, let's go on. Let's go up to uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. How you doing, Rick? Great, great show. I listen to you every week. Uh, I got the flip side of that coin because I would just a quick story. Yesterday I was standing in a line at a deli. Listen to this uh, man talk. His son was standing next to him. 
and how his son pitched 120, 120 pitches on Wednesday night mm-hmm. in a frostbite league game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a parent who's abusing his son, really. I mean, all you have to do is look at the major leagues. They they got him on pitch counts. He's got his son going 120 pitches for no reason in a, in a no-account game, not even a, a showcase or anything. I... On the other hand, I cover sports in the area, the local high schools and stuff, yeah. and it is getting tougher for these to get good coaches. Well, but that's true, yeah. Wait. When you talk about the travel, the problem with the travel guys, you know, in Fairfield County, we have a lot of private schools and things like that. Mm -hmm. These travel guys are getting jobs in the private schools and the prep schools and attracting their kids to come there, Mm -hmm. taking the talent out of the regular schools. Joe, that is another, that's, that's a, that's a, obviously you said that's a sub issue to this because the travel coaches said, well, we, I want to be able to attract my, the better players to my program. Okay, so if I'm if I have a if I get hired at a private school or a parochial school, I can sort of basically, uh, as you say, have a feeding program, a feeder system that comes into my travel teams. That's right, that's, that and, goes and on in a everywhere. lot of places like that are opening up, like the, the big, uh, you know, Chelsea Piers places where you got coaches there. They're taking jobs in the local high schools and attracting their 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 yeah, players and, to those those schools. And honestly, uh, you know, as we know. As we just said, the, the, the high school coaches make a few thousand dollars for a 10-week season, but they can, if they're good at what they do and they enjoy coaching, they'll make more money and probably spend fewer hours coaching if they're in a travel program it, it's, and with better athletes. I mean, it's, it's a real issue. Hey, Joe, let me run. Thank you for the call. You know, uh, and, uh, you know that's what we're talking about here, and that's what I'm saying. When, how, do we, how do we get to a point where we figure this out and – restructure all this if we feel we have to restructure this let's go to um let's go to john in north babylon hi john you're on the fan hey rick how are you today good how are you doing good listening to this you know i'm actually on my way to coach uh, a youth football game this morning and i'm in my 20th year of coaching at north babylon on the youth league level and uh born and raised here went to high school played high school sports here my son went through the programs i gotta tell you to turn away the kids um, and just go to travel, I really think it's a bad idea, i got to tell you. Uh, my daughter went to travel lacrosse. She wound up playing college lacrosse. One is a cost factor. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of families can't pay for uh, tournament or club teams, especially if they travel. Right. Um, it's a lot more expensive than sending your kids through the public schools. And number two, Rick, did anybody sit down and talk to the kids and what they think? Because i got to tell you, I know how I was when I played high school sports. I have friends today from playing sports with them, and I see my son who I coach with um, in North Babylon with the Youth League, the friendships he's made over the years. You know, it's not just the sport itself. It's the social issues you learn and the friends you keep forever. John, two issues you bring up which are are timely and pertinent. One is, of course, the cost, which is sort of something that uh, has gotten more and more uh, attention in recent years, and it's true. If your kid's going to play on a travel team, uh, and if you have, let's say, more than one child, uh, it gets unbelievably pricey and expensive and the time commitment, and that's always something that parents have to, to, to focus on. And, and the second issue, is, is, as John pointed out, is, yeah, kids at the high school level really prefer to play with their friends and buddies they go to school with as a go to being playing on an outside travel or club team where that's comprised of kids from all over the area. And, yeah, the kids become teammates and friends, whatever, but it's not the same 
it's not the same sort of um, experience as it is when you play with your buddies and you wear the school colors. And we've talked about this in the past. That's a big issue as well. So the cost, the fact that, that the kids want to play with their friends from home, even though they know the high school level uh, competition may not be as, uh, as good as playing on a club team, but these are real issues that have to be you know, talked about. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, Neil in uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Hi, Neil. You're on the fan. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate um, your coverage of this topic. Um, I've got a couple things to say. First, about the European model. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely doesn't apply to the United States for a couple reasons. One, in, in Europe, the, the number of sports that are played at the club level um, for high school age students and younger is very limited to things like soccer and field hockey. They don't have football. They don't have lacrosse. They don't have a lot of these sports we play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of whether it's the inner city or even in the suburbs, the, 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 the importance of sports to, to not only ac- help supporting kids academically, but the opportunities they provide for people in our educational system to, to go to college um, is just something that, you know, that needs to be considered when you look at this issue. Um, when you when you but when you look at the your initial question about co- finding coaches at the high school level, I coached varsity lacrosse for 18 years here in Central Jersey. I never had a, a, a parent issue ever until the very end, and ended up losing my job because of a parent complaint related to the prom and playoffs and and whatnot. But I think part of the problem here is that it really goes down to a couple things. One is the relationship between the athletic directors and the coaches. There's, there's way too little professional development provided for coaches. Um, there's very few opportunities for coaches to talk to, to other coaching professionals and athletic directors to, to learn strategies to deal with parents. So a lot of times they're kind of left out on their own. Um, and part of it, frankly, comes down to how coaches deal with their their players. And you know, I'm no, I'm not necessarily, you know, saying that how I did things is the way things should be done. But one of the things that helped me a lot with dealing with parents is that you know, I, I first of all put a lot of um, a, a lot of authorities, so to speak, in my in my um, captains, and that I created a, a system within my program where. Players were very, you know, could go to their captains if they had issues. I met with my captains every day, and we resolved a lot of the things that the parents got involved in. Some of that's because the the kids on the teams are are apprehensive about dealing directly with the coaches. And so I I tried to to create a process that, that, that kind of excluded the parents by just dealing with things in the team. And I know one thing in particular, you know, I don't know if you can't necessarily do this for football necessarily or for tennis. Um, but you know, in lacrosse, I made a point that every varsity player got on the field in the first half of competition, mm-hmm. even if it was just for a couple, couple minutes. And, you know, between that and, and a lot of this, again, with coaches like this, this particular, this last year, I, I, cause I'm not, I don't work during the day. I visited, 40 different lacrosse programs, both in competition and observing their practices. Right. And a lot of the problems stem from the, the way coaches run their practices 
and the well, fact Neil, that they're not getting kids me, involved. I mean, I'm listening to what you're saying, and obviously you, you said you coached lacrosse for 18 years until at the end you ran into a parental issue. But yeah. your, your points are, are, are very telling. I mean, for example, you mentioned that, the, that you feel that uh, there should be more instruction or more direction that perhaps is given to coaches who come into the system. And again, I, you know, I feel for, I've said this many times on the air, high school athletic directors have, have just the, the most difficult job in the world because they have to deal with a revolving door uh, in many school districts of, of coaches who come in every year. And it's, it's, as you said, you know, there are coaches who've had great success, who've relied on certain keys in terms of communicating with their captains, as you said, on an everyday basis, trying to, to, to be proactive about uh, nipping issues that, that crop up. But this is this has become more and more of a rarity. And honestly, if the athletic directors had the wherewithal or the time to to educate their coaches on how to do what you did for a long time, it would be extraordinarily helpful. But unfortunately, it's just not happening uh, as we see more and more coaches, you know, walk away. Anyway, Neil, thank you for for your thoughts, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time this morning to call in. Uh, sure, thanks, Rick. Thanks, Neil. All right, let me let me take a time out. When we return, I'll continue to take more of your calls about this topic as obviously people have things to say about it. Stay with me. Hey, friends, Aaron Judge, as you know, has broken the all-time rookie home run record. And to honor his amazing accomplishment, Big Time Bats is proud to release this Aaron Judge limited edition art bat. The full-size 35-inch bat has the reproduced artwork of famed sports artist Jolene Jesse featuring the already classic Aaron Judge swing. The bat is inscribed with Aaron Judge, number 99, 2017, rookie season New York Yankees, all-time record most home runs by a rookie. Now, this bat is limited to only 2017 individually numbered bats, and it sells for $129.95 plus shipping. You go to BigTimeBats.com to see this beautiful Aaron Judge record-breaking art bat, or call 1-866-480-BATS. Uh, you call it now. The bat is officially licensed by Aaron Judge and Major League Baseball and has a 30-day money-back satisfaction guarantee. Call Big Time Bats now at 1-866-480-BATS or see it at BigTimeBats.com. Once again, call Big Time Bats now at 1-866-480-BATS or see it at BigTimeBats.com. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, 9 o'clock this morning, of course, it's Football Sunday with Mark Malusis and Dave Deal. And as always, I ask you to check out my website where you can post your thoughts and comments at askwolf, askcoachwolf.com. I'm going to hold off on my conversation, a discussion about Ryan Trahan, uh, the cross-country uh, runner from Texas A&M, because it's, it has to do with the NCAA, and it's an interesting story. Uh, and I think I'll hold off to uh, uh, you know, a later show because we're so involved right now in this discussion, which is so pressing about what are we going to do with high school sports and coaches and parents who, who intervene? And I'm taking your calls at one 337 6666 Let's go to Tom in Brick, New Jersey. Tom, good morning. You're on the fan. Let me tell you, it, it, it is over. I heard that a parent at one of our local uh, Board of Education meetings actually stood up and said it's time to do away with high school sports. The intent of high school sports, I always thought, was part of the growing up process. That's over. <laughs> it's all about my kid. I've got to get to a Division One school. It's not about the sports. 
Tom, we, we, we but at, I mean, you just pinpointed the issue here. Somehow, the priorities and uh, have shifted, and uh, you know, I'm not going to necessarily say it's the right or the wrong way. I'm just going to say, as you said, it is. It has changed and changed dramatically. And that person who got up, uh, you know, in your town uh, and said to the school board, you know, let's move away from traditional high school sports. I got to tell you. A lot of people around this country are thinking the same thing because it's not so much about, you know, learning all the intangibles and learning lessons from high school coaches. Parents are thinking, how do I get my kid showcased and how do I know that my kid's going to get a Division One scholarship if he's playing for a so-so program in the local school district? It, it's This is what parents are thinking, and they may not say it out loud, but I'm guarantee you, tell you, Tom, that's exactly what's going on. Anyhow, thank you for the call. <laughs> Can I just add one thing? Sure, go ahead. What keeps sports alive is the youth program. Yep. Well, you cannot have a youth program anymore because you have a situation where kids uh, band together with the better coaches in that sport, and then you have the kids that are just there trying to play the sport, and they're getting beat up constantly. People don't even know what good sportsmanship is anymore. I'm telling you, it's it's Tom. It's it's uh, it's a whole new world. Anyhow, thank you for the call. Let me move on. Let me go to uh, up to uh, Yorktown. Joe has been waiting patiently. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Rick. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you, Joe? Good. Hey, listen. I agree with everything that you're saying so far. Yep. Um, the only thing that I would probably add, not the only thing, but one thing that I would add to it is we put a lot of onus on the parents as we should. However, the system, at least in the state of New York, actually start, is kind of cultivates parental involvement with the DASA stuff that's out there, and and I think that that often is the case, is what ends up getting invoked is what gets these coaches in trouble. Is that parents are conditioned and they know that if they start kind of poking around this DASA, no, what, um, I'm sorry, what is what is DASA? What does that mean? Is that an acronym for uh, something? Yeah, uh, dignity. Uh, it's basically anti-bullying. Um, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. All the stuff that hazing comes under. Yeah, Co- high school coaches have to go through the course. I can't. Remember. It's dig- dignity. It's something with student awareness or something to that effect. But basically, it's the stuff that students in the schools are held accountable to, but coaches are held accountable to. Okay. And if if a parent feels that a coach is saying something that might be bullying, they invoke this DASA thing, and it's a system. It's a process that you have to go into, and it's an investigation, and it gets very uncomfortable for everybody involved. And that's where I think, and I think even with the coach in question in the, in the Somers program, I think that's what ended up happening. Is I think that there's some DASA so, stuff. That, now, I'm not defending one or the other. I'm just saying I think that that's how it wasn't just vocal coaches. They actually engaged a state process yeah. for investigating. Baby so, but you're, and if, 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 Joe, if I understand what you're saying or suggesting that, you know, it makes another – Another hurdle for coaches if they want to be tough and they want to, you know, basically um, uh, say something that's that's, that's critical or 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 vocal in some way, that could be interpreted by a kid or the kid's parent that it's a form of bullying or or harassment, and that can lead to a coach being investigated. Is that correct? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. A coach says, hey, I don't like what he's saying to or he or she is saying to my kid and I'm going to file a DASA complaint, and it has to be investigated. It's not something that the district can turn around and say, oh, it's okay, well, we, don't, we didn't see it. It had, There's paperwork involved, there's interviews, there's a whole process that goes into place. So it kind of feeds into what you're saying is, is high school sports have changed, and they're going to continue to change. So it's well, not like it was when we were kids. 
I mean, Joe, to your point, if that's what's uh, if that's really what's happening uh, again, as I said, it just adds another uh, another mountain to climb for for coaches to deal with, and it just makes it that much more difficult uh, to say, "Geez, I'm always, no matter what I do here, I'm going to be hamstrung." I'm opening the door for parental uh, intervention, and that's a real. Well, not only that, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. Well, that's what I'm saying. That you're always saying, "Uh oh." I now again, I and Joe, thank you so much for for bringing that to my attention this morning. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily that coaches have to be, uh, you know, always resort to being loud or critical or whatever. But you know, there's a very fine line between when you want to make your point emphatically as opposed to when you're actually bullying a, a kid. And uh, in this day and age, it's we were all so hypersensitive. It is a real issue. I can see how that could really come back. And uh, is, as, as he said, as Joe said, you know, co- coaches are more than ever looking over their shoulder to see what's going on. Let's go. Uh, let's go to uh, to Chris in Rivervale. Hi, Chris. You're on the fan. Yes. How you doing? Yes, Chris. Oh, I love I love the conversations that are going on here. By the way, um, I I believe the biggest thing is you you, you have to remove the parents from this situation. Um, like you said before, <laughs> but how, we, you know, how do you coaches do that? Are, you know, yeah, coaches are paid no money, right? They're yep. paid a couple thousand dollars. You got to remove them from the situation because they get involved way too much. These these, these guys, and you know, I coach on a junior level. Yeah, they just get way involved too much. You know, just for their kid, not for the better of the team, or Correct. better for the you know, Correct. or better for the community. Yeah. Um, so it you know you just have to remove them from the situation because it's it's not good it's not good for high school sports and you know I have my 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 sons in in um in in travel sports already in club sports but I don't think that's the issue because I've heard before it's very expensive it is expensive and and and, and Chris I hear what you're saying and thank you uh but uh, in my and I thank you for the call but the problem is you can't subtract the parents from the equation because the parents this is their pride and joy this is their son their daughter and in many cases this is this is what they're hoping their kids going to achieve in sports and that's a real concern and i don't, I don't know how you get rid of the parents because whether it's uh, high school sports or club teams they're always going to be there it's simple as that um, let me take a time out i'll be back with more you know friends i have to tell you i i think of all the various issues that are confronting uh, youth sports and amateur sports uh, in this country today, and there are a lot of them, uh, everything from concussions on down. I have to tell you, I, I think this is this one issue about the, the interplay, the friction between parents and coaches, particularly at the high school level, this issue has to be resolved in some way and in some form and fairly soon. We really need some sort of sense of direction because honestly, what's happening now is just not sustainable, uh, and it's it's not fair to to the coaches, it's not fair to the parents, and it certainly isn't fair to the kids. Uh, obviously, the kids are our top priority here, but they have to be confused as much as anybody as well. What do I do? Uh, do I go home and complain to mom and dad that I'm not playing the right position, or that the coach yelled at me today in practice? I mean, these are issues that didn't exist, you know, a generation ago, but they sure do exist now. And I I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, spend some time today and, and write my thoughts and comments uh, on my my, uh, my my blog at askcoachwolf.com. And I certainly urge you to, to chime in with your thoughts and suggestions as well, because this has to be resolved. Uh, walking away from traditional high school sports, well, as we know, in some cases that's already happening. Uh, but the question is, is that the right direction? I, I just don't know. But this has to be addressed. And I thank you all for your, your great thoughts and comments this morning. Okay, that's going to do it. For me, in this edition of the Sports Edge, my thanks this morning to Brian Rascona. 
Please stick around for Football Sunday. That's up next. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.